Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to the Business of Craft Beer podcast, recorded live from the University of Vermont's Continuing and Distance Education Department with your host, Greg Dunkley. Whether you're looking to break into the craft beer industry or start your own brewery, this podcast is for you. Each week we will discuss all aspects of the craft beer industry from sales, operations, marketing, trends, and analysis with industry experts and thought leaders. If you'd like to be part of the show, please call 929-477-1757. And now here's your host, Greg Dunkel. Well, uh, good afternoon. This is uh, Gregory Dunkling, and you're listening to the Business of Craft Beer Blog Talk Radio Show, and we're coming to you live from Burlington, Vermont. If you've dreamed about opening your own brewery or are looking for a career change into craft beer, our online certificate program offers industry-specific knowledge to make that possible. Uh, your instructors are craft beer experts from across the United States and Canada, The University of Vermont's Business of Craft Beer program was developed uh, for those who specifically want to learn about the business side of this exciting industry. For further details, you may give us a call at 800-639-3210 or visit our Facebook page at Facebook and then UVM Business of Craft Beer. Well, uh, today um, I have two guests. I'll introduce them in a moment uh, with nine out of 10 breweries operating at 2,500 barrels per year or less. Often, those launching new breweries are exploring various ways to finance their operations, including use of crowdfunding campaigns. Uh, Crowdfunding is increasingly becoming a popular tool among breweries. In some cases, these have been efforts to raise startup money. Others use these funds to purchase new equipment or expand operations. We're seeing a number of cases where funds have been used to renovate or construct tasting rooms so they can sell beer directly to consumers. Of course, crowdfunding is an alternative to providing investors equity in your brewery instead of offering some form of reward uh, for their financial, well, I should say, but indeed you must have uh, some, some form of reward for their financial donation. We'll get into that in a few minutes. Um, In a few weeks, we will examine another funding model, specifically called equity crowdfunding, which is uh, relatively new. Um, States are coming online slowly in offering this option. In this case, you will be handing over some of your equity and your worry in exchange for investors' money. So this week, we'll examine successful campaigns uh, by Mystery Brewing Company and Crane Brewing. So uh, Mystery Brewing uh, is located in Hillsboro, North Carolina, and it was the first brewery financed by a Kickstarter that is operational to date. And Eric Lars Myers, uh, owner and head brewer, will describe this effort. Also participating will be Chris Myers, uh, vice president and co-founder of Crane Brewing, located in Raytown, Missouri. So welcome uh, first, Eric, and thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. We, we understand that Mystery Brewing uh, has the distinction, among other reasons, uh, for being one of the first successful brewery using crowdfunding campaign. Uh, back in 2010, I believe it was, you undertook this effort. Uh, could you describe for our listeners uh, this campaign and the results? Uh, sure. So uh, back in May of 2010, just a few months after Kickstarter had actually uh, launched as a website, 
I was interested in starting my brewery, and um, uh, I'm not a uh, a rich person, so I was looking for <laughs> ways to to find money to help get things off the ground. And I had a lot of friends at this point that said, uh, "Oh, you know, I would totally give you a couple hundred dollars if if that would help out." Um, you know, but I don't, I don't need to own any part of it or anything like that. And I thought, you know, if, there, if only there was a mechanism of doing this sort of, you know, your NPR model of fundraising where I can give people like a coffee cup and a tote bag uh, yeah. in return for their, you know, wonderful financial contribution. Um, and I was trying to figure out how to put this kind of thing together when a friend of mine reached out and said, you know, have you looked at this Kickstarter thing? So um, I looked at it and thought, let's give it a try. You know, the worst thing that could possibly happen is that I, I don't succeed. And, and, uh, and so I, I put a video together. The, it was uh man, it's a completely different landscape now than it was back then. It's a, it's really interesting to watch how everything develops. Uh, we didn't have all of the really great things that people use now, stretch goals and, and all of this stuff. I had a really crappy video that I shot with a, a handheld camera in the hallway of my house. Um, and, you know, I used some free video editing software to put this thing together. I'm still horribly embarrassed by it, uh, but it worked. Uh, we got a lot of uh, funders, uh, 243 people backed us uh, for a total of about $44,000, which um, seemed like a whole lot of money at the time. It seemed like it was going to be a really great way to get the brewery off the ground, uh, and I'm ever thankful that it worked that way because it has been a really good base for growing the community. But really what it served to do is sort of act as a um, proof of concept so that I could find real money. Uh, and it ended up being about 6% of the overall funding that we needed to open the brewery. Uh-huh. So proof of concept, you were sort of uh, testing uh, the business plan or the concept for your brewery uh, with uh, people in your local community? I mean, it's not really how I saw it at the time, um, but it's essentially what ended up happening is that, uh, you know, people said, well, I guess this is popular enough that other people are backing you without any (laughs) equity. So if I can get equity in return then yeah. I'm happy to buy into this business. And and those people ended up being friends of mine, and some of them were Kickstarter backers uh, and, and stuff like that. But uh, at the end of the day, it you know, as startup funding, $40,000 isn't a whole lot for a brewery. Yeah. <clears throat> what level of, of work and effort went into this campaign? I, I take it uh, from my conversations with others that this involved far more than posting on Kickstarter and waiting for the results. Oh, yeah. It's an enormous amount of work. Um, I reached out to every social network that I've ever been a part of, uh, whether it be my hometown newspaper up in Maine or, you know, my college alumni network or, uh, I mean, everywhere that I could possibly think of to send a press release or try to generate a news story or, or something like that. It was, it was what I was trying to do. I, I did have the advantage of being pretty novel in crowdfunding at that point, so that was, it was a good story, particularly in business sections of newspapers and stuff like that. But, uh, but it's a, it was an enormous amount of work. Um, you, uh, before you launched your brewery, uh, you were quite knowledgeable, uh, observer of the craft beer scene. As I understand it, you authored, offered a guidebook in North Carolina. Um, mm-hmm. you also have been quoted as stating that you underestimated how much 
it would cost to open a small uh, contract brewery. Um, could you just talk for a moment about that experience? And then you just referenced and stated that this was one of the reasons for turning to crowd crowdfunding was to you didn't have uh, lots of lots of money in the bank to fund your own operation, so you had to turn to other other people for support. Yeah, I'm I'm often a little jealous of of people that have a lot of resources starting their brewery. I mean, it must be a much easier <laughs> path. Um, uh, it is, uh, you know, I think like every uh, first time entrepreneur, you go in a little cocky about about how much it really takes. Um, and so I was pretty convinced that I could I could start this business on much less money than people were telling me. And um, you know, there's this conventional wisdom of whatever you think it's going to cost, triple it. However long you think it's going to take, double it. Um, and I, like everybody else probably that started a brewery in the past five years, had said, oh, no, I'm better than that. I can get through that. That's no problem. And um, and everybody was right. Uh, it's absolutely <laughs> three times more expensive than you think it'll be, and it'll take twice as long. Sure. Um, yeah, it's a, uh, it's a really capital-intensive business, and, uh, and I, I think it's taken a lot of people uh, time to figure that out. Yeah, including myself. Well, I'd like to I'd like to introduce our second guest today and bring him into the conversation. Chris Myers, uh, vice president and co-founder of Crane Brewing, located in Raytown, Missouri. Uh, welcome, Chris. Thank you very much. So I understand uh, that Crane Brewing uh, successfully gained support from uh, nearly 300 individuals, and you raised uh, approximately forty five thousand dollars. Could you tell us about your uh, crowdfunding campaign? Yeah. Um, we ended up going through a newer group, Crowd Brewed, for, for our funding. Um, they're a little bit more based on, on brewing industry. Um, and I thought that it didn't necessarily, you know, as long as we got our message out and our story out, it didn't necessarily matter that we went with a bigger company like Kickstarter to raise that money. It was all about just getting people to the information. Um, and it was, it was something that I was a little bit nervous. You know, we considered doing crowdfunding from the very beginning. Luckily we were able to raise the investment we wanted to from our, from our investors and, and some of our own money. But I was mostly hesitant because there was another brewery in town that had done crowdfunding. They had raised uh, the money they requested and then they didn't do a lot with it. And so there's mm -hmm. a lot of, you know, hard feelings and, and negativity about, about any kind of, crowdfunding specifically to breweries in KC. Mm. Um, and so we put it off, and this the summer before we opened, summer of 2015, um, more, more spring, about April, we decided, you know, we're getting most of what we need done. We're, the brewery's under construction. You know, we have evidence that we're opening. Um, but us as owners, we're kind of just sitting around because construction was proceeding. We were getting the licensing but we didn't have a lot to do. And we knew we wanted to start a brewery with a pretty solid barrel program. A lot of breweries starting out don't necessarily get a start with a, a good-sized program to actually be able to produce a lot of barrel-aged beers. And that was kind of the focus of our Kickstarter, or our, our mm. crowd campaign. Mm. Um, it was something that, uh, you know, we, we needed that. We needed a little bit of scientific equipment for our lab um, to get us on the right foot going forward. And we wanted to, if we were going to do it, we wanted to do it in the right way to make sure that those people getting the rewards from the campaign were, you know, were worthwhile. So of course we, we did have the usual, we had stickers and we had t-shirts and we had glassware. Um, but 
because we were starting off with our barrel program using this funding, it, uh, a big part of our CrowdRoot campaign was actually go ahead and, and starting our reserve club. So these members have access to beers aged in these barrels that were purchased from the campaign um, that only they will get for the foreseeable future as long hmm. as they remain members. Interesting. Okay. We're going we're gonna to talk a little bit later about some of the benefits to those who have contributed to your campaigns. Um, interesting approach. Uh, I'd like to just take a moment, because I think you both referenced this, um, to explore the role of gaining community support and how this funding model has a tremendous benefit in the promotion of, of, a, of a brewery, uh, whether a, a startup or, or an existing one, and securing local engagement. Um, I mean, who doesn't want to say that they help fund their local brewery, even if it was uh, through a donation? Uh, was this your you – know, let, let's talk a little bit about that community uh, support and, and how that played out in, in both of your cases. Well, to, to answer that question really quickly, I think there's a certain amount of people that feel a little jaded about um, crowdfunding, particularly uh, around breweries. Uh, uh-huh. Part of partially because of what Chris was saying that, is that I think there's been a lot of false starts uh, out yeah. in the industry where yeah. somebody has has you know put together a Kickstarter campaign and you know maybe you got your T-shirt but the place didn't open and uh, or or something like that. You know they never followed through. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's always a risk of, of crowdfunding, but it, I, I do think that there's a certain amount of um, jaded beer fan out there. And, and look, let's face it, we, uh, it's, there's a lot of jaded beer fans out there even without uh, crowdfunding. So, you know, there there is that. That's the person that doesn't want to support their local brewery that way. But yeah. in, by and large, uh, yeah, it's it was the, the basis of our community were the people that funded us on Kickstarter, and they're still the people that show up you know, at our tours and walk around being like, yeah, this is mine. I, I made this, um, <laughs> which is always really fun. Uh, and it's, and you know, they're some of our best customers because they feel a sense of ownership, even though they don't have a literal one. Uh, they, you know, they, they feel like they've been a part of this from the beginning and we make sure to foster that and, and have these people, there are super fans, you know, that you can't, you can't not have these people. They're, they're wonderful. Absolutely. I'm still, I'm still overwhelmed. Um, you know, when I think back about how much local support we got, you know, that we were able to raise the, the money we did just from people in our community who, who wanted to see us succeed and wanted to have a brewery like ours in their community. Yeah, I think, um, you know, you, you mentioned, Eric, uh, the, the failed campaigns and in some cases, even the perception of, of why people are doing this. Um, being clear about your intentions, thinking that through carefully, uh, seems to be you know one of the really important uh, elements of of uh, you know before people pursue this route. I, I recall uh, Stone uh, Brewing's effort to raise funds uh, through crowdfunding, and uh, some of the proceeds went to uh, speed up the timeline for their expansion in Germany and their new location in Virginia. And I remember Greg Cook uh, being quoted as saying that some people were infuriated by that. Um, he said we you found we hit as, uh, quite a sensitive infuriated people. Uh, I'm sorry. I said you can count me as one of those infuriated people. <laughs> and uh, talk a little bit more about that. <laughs> uh, 
I found that to be a really cheap use of crowdsourcing. Um, yeah. You're talking about a, a company that was in the process of making a $100 million investment in order to, uh, you know, to expand into a different country and into a new state. And they used yes. their um, a crowdfunding platform in order to raise this extra, I mean, it was like $3 million they ended up with in order to open their stuff faster. And I can't tell yeah. you what I could do with a million dollars or $3 yeah. million dollars, um, in my business. And the fact I just felt like they were exploiting it. And what's more when people, uh, particularly in the, uh, the, the beer media, uh, bloggers, whatnot called them out on it, they were, um, um, really mean about it. Stone was really hmm. mean about it. Uh, it it was a really disappointing thing, and I feel like they really took advantage of the platforms and the and people's willingness to support breweries in that way. Uh huh. Yeah. <clears throat> well, let let's um talk for a moment about the sort of ingredients for a successful campaign. Um, uh, Mark Slattery from Crowd Brewed. Uh, one of the platforms for running a crowdfunding campaign and one that you use, Chris, um, offers the following keys to a successful campaign. Uh, spend time prior to launching to the launch, building social media network buzz about the upcoming campaign and leveraging existing relationships to help when camp campaign is launched, uh, provide high quality and unique rewards for investors, contributors, etc and never stop with social media and self-promotion uh, during the course of the campaign. Uh, both of you talked a little bit about um, your efforts in terms of social media and uh, unique uh, rewards, uh, but could you go a little deeper, talk a little more about how you see, you know, would you add anything to uh, what Mark has indicated here as the keys to success? Chris, do you want to go first? Sure. Um, I guess it's it's laying everything on the line and and being honest about what you're wanting to do with this these funds, um, explaining why you're why you're in in, in need, um, and like I said, the, the big thing talking about rewards is is just making sure that you're coming back with something that they realize they're going to have value beyond just uh, their you know their them digging into being a, a founding you know block and in building your business. So to me, the rewards, uh, there's a lot of really small rewards that were like, like Chris said, you know, the, the easy tchotchke kind of stuff, right? Here's a bottle opener. Here's some glassware. Here's a t-shirt. Um, but the things that I think really took hold and were key to our success uh, was experiences. Cause I think, you know, if you're a beer fan, in, you know, I've got I've got 400 T-shirts from different breweries. I, the last thing I need is another T-shirt. Uh, I don't need more glassware. I don't need another bottle opener. But there's a lot of things that you can get through these crowdfunding campaigns that are much more valuable than you know a, another piece of crap that's going to sit in your house. And and that is those those unique things like you know being a member of a reserve club or um, you know we did a series of beer dinners and parties for. Uh, Kickstarter backers. So, you know, I ended up driving up all the way to New York State to do a beer dinner uh, for Oktoberfest at one of my backers' houses uh, because that was one of my prizes. And it was an enormous amount of fun. 
but that's the kind of stuff that you can't just get somewhere else. And I think that's what makes a really successful campaign is, is those experiences. Yeah. Yeah. We, uh, we, we got a lot of support luckily by other local people in the, the community. Um, we did a beer dinner as well with, with two well-named chefs um, in Kansas city. We, one backer got to do the first blending of, of the first yeah. barrel aged beer that we did when we pulled those barrels and probably the biggest one, our, our biggest reward on there was for 5,000, which was one that I didn't think anyone would, would grab. Um, and it was basically, they got to build their own beer. You know, they got to help us pick a style, pick hmm. ingredients, pick the name. And I thought if anyone did grab that, it was going to be, you know, a, a big beer fan who was wealthy and could afford it. But luckily it turned out to be a local homebrew shop, um, just outside of KC2, Lee Summit Grains and Taps. And awesome. so that made it kind of a true collaboration. So that's a beer that we've got aging in barrels still that we're going to be able to release to the market pretty soon and, and share experience together. I, I, I like to think of uh, building uh, rewards and crowdfunding campaigns like putting together the wish list for, getting, uh, for your registry for getting married, right? Like, You've got to have a lot of small things so that somebody can get you a pair of salad tongs if they don't have that much money, but they still really want to get you something. But you better put on the KitchenAid mixer and all the really expensive stuff because somebody's going to want to do that too, and you've got to give them the opportunity. Yeah, I I, I continue to um, hear from people that just access to the people behind uh, the brewery uh, is is so valued. Uh, you guys have referenced some things that suggest that um, people are actually meeting you and meeting your staff and having some time time with them. Uh, you know, I, I you know I've been talking to people in this industry for a very long time, but uh, a few weeks ago I went up to the Von Trapp Brewery and they opened their new tap room, a really beautiful uh, facility, restaurant and tap room. And uh, spend time with the owners of the brewery, and and uh, you always just that's what you walk away with, you know. That's those memories that are more valuable than almost anything. Absolutely. Um, you, you guys have talked a little bit about the 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 downside, the skepticism, um, yeah, that some have of crowdfunding as, as a, a funding mechanism for, for breweries. Um, um, is, do you have any evidence that it, that it was a, a fad um, and not necessarily a sound a long-term business model? Um, you know, obviously the, the, the success rate issue uh, I've seen in some cases, maybe 45 to 50% range uh, of, of success Um but would you, uh, you know, what's your re- recommendation to people who were thinking about crowdfunding as a, as a mechanism? Um, is it something that you would recommend to people? I don't know that it's a fad, uh, but I think you, it, it can't be your only option. It, you know, it's, uh, I think a lot of people are doing like now are doing like Chris did, uh, where they're using crowdfunding to put the finishing touches on. Uh, to you know, yeah. and, and it's and it's uh, a part of their their launch media and and everything like that, and, and I think that can be really helpful. I think at this point it's going to be really difficult to use crowdfunding as a startup mechanism uh, in any meaningful way without having you know a lot of 
private equity involved in a, uh, alongside that. Yeah. Uh, so uh, that said, I think there's a lot of power to it. Uh, I'm actually currently looking at crowdsourcing for equity um, and using yeah. that as my next step forward in growth. And so, you know, there's, there's obviously still a lot of merit to that, but I'm going to be losing ownership as part of that as well. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think people just want to see, um, because, I, because of the negativity, I feel like they think that you're asking for, you know, a handout, but I think people just want to see that you're right. putting the work in, that they're seeing mm-hmm. the sweat equity, um, because, you know, we did raise most of our investment, but, you know, we did, luckily in Missouri, as homebrewers, you can share your beer pretty much anywhere. And so for a year, we did beer festivals and charity events and just gave away, you know, gallons and gallons and gallons of beer just to get our name out. Um, so that way when we hit the market, we weren't totally new to the area. People had at least heard of us. And so it was because we already had a following on social media that we were able to use that push to even, yeah. you know, to even balance our crowdroot campaign, to even get it out as far as we did. Yeah. Are, are you seeing any evidence of uh, that it's maybe more successful for existing breweries who have a, a really excellent reason for seeking additional funding, whether it's of a tap room or whatever it is? program, for example, versus uh, startup breweries? Here in North Carolina, the people that have been successful with crowdfunding after me have, they've all been um, essentially finishing up their startup. You know, they've, they've had uh, the build out complete and they're opening their bar or they're, they're finishing their bail program or they're, they're yeah. you know, they're putting a patio outside of their brewery or something like that. Um, yeah. There are very few that are strict startups. Uh, at least in the past three or four years. Yeah. <clears throat> well, there there are a number of platforms. Uh, I keep learning uh, uh, every day of, of new places to go, and whether it's on the equity uh, crowdfunding side or just you know, sort of Kickstarter crowd. Um, funding options. There's Indiegogo. Uh, we've mentioned Crowdbrewed a couple times here, Kickstarter. Other um, other big players in this space that you're aware of? I guess those are the ones that I know about. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think that's really about it. Okay. Yeah. Well, I guess, you know, um, there's people doing really small things like GoFundMe and, and stuff, but I think that they're very, you know, I, I don't see that being successful in that in that way. Yeah. And is it is it? Uh, I mean, is the platform itself the your partner who you're electing to work with? Sort of what role? I mean, obviously they drive traffic to their sites, and you're able to, you know, just as a outside observer see what's going on. Um, but do people in, in donate money to these uh, to these campaigns that way, or is it really mostly very local sourced funding? People who already know you. I think it's a little column A and a little column B. At least it was for us. Um, we uh, I only knew personally half of our funders, and and a great majority of them were not even from North Carolina, and people from four countries back mystery. Oh, wow. um, okay. And I'm still, I'm still not sure why. Uh, I'm I'm happy <laughs> about it, and I have really good relationships <laughs> with those people. Um, but you know, there's still a couple of people from California that swing through North Carolina once a year that were backers that I did not know before they backed 
um, mystery. Oh, interesting. Uh, so I think the platform has something to do with it because I think people become fans of the platform. I, you know, like I think you get different users on Kickstarter than you do on Indiegogo uh, and, and that kind of thing for, you know, reasons that I'm not entirely able to articulate. Um, and then, of course, if you're on Crowdbrood, you're very specifically interested in breweries. So yeah. I think that probably plays up how you present your, 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 your project and your video and, uh, and how you're putting everything together. But, yeah, I do think the platform has a lot to do with it. Yeah. Um, I was really impressed with, with Crowdbrood and the way that they, they helped with our campaign. I wasn't expecting them to to post about it and share it as much as they did um, uh-huh. and even reaching out to other people in the industry and other other media beer related um, to the point where we even had other breweries you know supporting us and whether it was actually putting into our campaign or, or just sharing our posts you know supporting other startups so I, I was pretty happy that we chose them Chris I noticed um, cool. uh, I, I noticed a, a video that was produced uh, I'm wondering if did you do that? Did, was it in conjunction with Crowdbrood uh, that that promoted uh, your campaign? It was a friend, and so we had a friend, a, a okay. friend who's a yeah. videographer who who put that together for us. Yeah, very very nice job. <clears throat> I, I saw that some months ago and thought, geez, <clears throat> I'd like to invest in this, and then saw that it was closed. So. <laughs> Well, I would like to um, uh, end today's uh, session. Um, we're out of time, and I'd like to thank uh, Eric uh, Lars Meyer, Myers from uh, Mystery Brewing Company and Chris Myers from uh, Crane Brewing uh, for your participation today. Uh, good conversation. Um, we'll be continuing this series uh, over the next uh, month or so with some other guests uh, who have launched crowdfunding campaigns as well as some of the people uh, who are behind the platforms that are that are uh, promoting this approach to uh, uh, to funding projects in breweries uh, so Eric and uh, Chris uh, thanks so much for joining us today thanks for having us thank you appreciate it so uh, until our next series uh, we'll be promoting that uh, on blog talk radio um, with specific dates and in, uh, people who will be joining us. Uh, Justin Kazmark, I know from, uh, from Kickstarter will be uh, joining us in early November. Um, and we'll be getting that out to you in terms of dates and times. So until our next show, uh, enjoy your October fest events at your local breweries. Thanks so much, everyone. Awesome. Thank you. Take care.